This episode of Nintendo Expansion Pass is brought to you by, well, you. If you want to learn how to support our family of podcasts, head over to patreon.com slash bossrushmedia or search for us on the Patreon app on your smart device. Thanks for helping us build something better. Hello everybody, welcome to Nintendo Expression Pass here on Boss Rush Games. I'm your host and I take side at ADV. Joining me is the one, the only boss man himself, Mr. Corey Deary. Hello, good sir. Hello, I'm here. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Ed, Hello. have you been threading it up? I have not. Mm. No. Mm. It's the, the hot new jam. Uh, who knows, by the time this episode comes out, it could either be a smash hit or uh, fizzled out. Time will tell. But right now, it is fun. That's good. I, I, my nose would be too busy in so many video games that before Nintendo, and I'm currently at Xbox at this time. Mm-hmm. So, that's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. fine. Let's Whatever. PS5. You're not doing what the cool kids do, Ed. I am 43. I think the cool kid thing is not doesn't matter. To me. You're you're only as old as you feel it. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yes, that is true. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. I'm just here. You know? Well, everybody, um, we are recording this early, uh, Monday on July 10th. So, yeah. Uh, but Tuesday um, is the seven year anniversary of. No, actually, eighth year anniversary of um, the passing of Satori Iwata. Is it really eight years already? Have we mm-hmm. been doing the show for eight years? Because that happened the first year we were doing the show. He passed away July 11th, 2015. Oh my gosh, we've been doing the show that long. And I remember uh, just crying that day, talking to you going to chili no not chili it's fridays having a couple of drinks but yet eating food um mm. those those southwest egg rolls man at chili's yes yes i i would just order some uh yeah, shoot i'm gonna actually do that tomorrow uh mm. for lunch just order some but then go pick them up i've been trying to find a new chinese place like I said, mm. my my Chinese spot don't make good lo mein no more because of mm. the noodles that they use. So I'm just like, eh, I need a new place. I mean, that's fair, I guess. Uh, I had rice paper this weekend, actually. It was, it was quite good. I've never had that. I know, but it's fine. It was very good. It's it's uh, I had the Indonesian fried rice. And uh, <clears throat> it had uh, grilled chicken and shrimp in it and grilled onions mm-hmm. and uh, it comes with a lime that you are supposed to squeeze on top of it and it's mm-hmm. very delicious. Let me tell you, Ed. Stuff's good. Although the prices went up and it's getting like really expensive for two of us to eat there. I mean, <gasps> I mean like expensive, right? I mean, you know, it's not in the grand scheme of things, it's not that expensive, but 
the prices are going up and it's noticeable. Mm-hmm. Like pre-pandemic, my wife and I could eat there for like $22 or something. Yeah. And it costs almost $35 now for the same meals. It's like, oh, oh. okay. Well, ooh, boy, inflation. That's worth the eat. Yeah. Um, we, I remember doing us doing pie block for Iwata. Um, I, I got a post on Boss Rush, you know, um, like kind of a, a remembrance of him that I got to find and get ready to like repost tomorrow. Uh, but yeah, just, I, I, and I, by the time you guys see this, you might see posts saying Happy Iwata Day. Um, I normally celebrate it by wishing people like uh, Happy Iwata Day to celebrate games. Um, and just like, regardless of what you, what other people are playing and stuff, it's just good to know that they are playing a game, something that they love, something that they create, something that they like love to write. Um, and I just made it. A, I for me, I just kind of treated it almost like a holiday, and you know, trust rich people. I definitely go get something, um, in the Asian cuisine, um, field. So I might go fry, get some fried rice. I might go get some sushi or something. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's. It's been eight years that he's passed away, and I think his legacy still lives on, um, and everything. Uh, and it's just like hopefully people did also read his book and everything. Um, but I think he would would definitely be happy and be proud if he had stepped down from Nintendo, like if he retired or something, and he's seen the success of the Switch. Go yeah, forward. I think he really would be happy. I mean, the switch was, I mean, the switch is kind of like his swan song, right? I mean, like mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's uh, I think we talk about this every, every time we talk about this topic and I think the switch is the fully realized version of the Wii U. I've said this a thousand times, mm-hmm. right? Like they wanted to give you that handheld experience that you can also play on your TV. And we talk about how the Wii U was good, but it was just built backwards. You know, and and obviously they try to do some things with the success of the DS and give you a uh, two screen experience and stuff like that. But ultimately, you know, the 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 Wii U was, you know, just the switch backwards. And it's so funny how everybody's like, oh, the Wii U had great games, but the console sucked. I'm like, well. What does that even mean? You know, if you think it has great games like the con the box you play it on shouldn't matter you know mm-hmm. and it's like okay well i get that you're all playing these games on switch now for the first time and they're great but like you know that's one of the things about the switch where like you know i love super mario 3d world i love uh you know some of these other games that have been ported over but like i've played them already you know especially like something like mario kart where like everybody was kind of playing it for the first time when it came to switch right mm-hmm. But I was like, I've already been playing this for four years. Now, granted, we've gotten DLC and a better battle mode and extra tracks and all sorts of stuff like that. Extra characters, new stuff that to keep it fresh. But it's like. I've been playing this game for 10 years now, you know, across two two consoles and. You know, it's 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 kind of like one of those 
you know, six in one hand, half dozen the other. It's kind of, you know, the, the, but my point is, is like, this is the, the switch is kind of like the ultimate kind of console for Iwata. And I hope Nintendo realizes the incredible product that they have and whatever's next, they better continue this. You know, I, I, I don't, I've just, I'm on the, I'm on the train, Ed. I'm on the train that's going down the track that says, I don't want anything else but the Switch from Nintendo moving forward. I don't what, want anything else. Which kind of leads into uh, our next part of our, like our main discussion um, that I actually kind of was like just thinking. I know I'll text you uh, a, a day earlier about what, the, what we'll be talking about, but I kind of want to ask you, Corey, do you think Nintendo is back in this in a dominant state? You know, definitely like when they had the NES and Super Nintendo, they were kind of like king of video games. And then mm-hmm. N64, GameCube, even with the Wii and Wii U, they were there, they were present, and, you know, they, that helped them go in their different direction. Definitely they was dominated in the handheld space. But I kind of feel like with the Switch... There is something about the Switch that kind of got them back to that number one spot. Regardless of sale numbers of the system, I think Nintendo is kind of like a force to be recognized. And I kind of feel like, um, and this might, so a lot of people going to probably disagree with this, but I feel like they're such in a dominant space that Microsoft and Sony can't touch them. Not do what they could, not do what Nintendo could do, but like, literally touched them and I think they're back to being not the king of games but just like number one and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you feel that way in a sense or do you are you seeing it in a different way in a different light I think I think this is the first time Nintendo's been in the like a quote unquote non-fad winning position since the Super Nintendo Right. Mm -hmm. I think I think this is not this isn't including handhelds either. Right. I mean, Nintendo has been dominant in the handheld space for I mean, since the Game Boy came out. Right. I mean, aside from aside from the Virtual Boy, like every single thing they've put out that's like some sort of portable or non TV device has been a success. Yes. Uh, I mean, obviously, the Nintendo 64 just got trounced by PlayStation. Right. Almost three to one. Uh, GameCube got you know, 20, 20 million units as opposed to, you know, the 144 that the PlayStation two put out, mm-hmm. you know, still be, I mean, still beat out the original Xbox, but like by how much, right. I mean, it was like hundreds of consoles. If that, um, great consoles in 64 and GameCube, two of my favorite Nintendo consoles ever. Uh, yes. The Wii was like, Okay, we sold 110 million or 105 million Wii's or whatever it was. I still consider that a fad console because most, even though the console is on the market for what six years, they still yeah. sold most of those within the first three years. I would mm-hmm. say, um, and I think by the time you know Microsoft got around to the Connect and PlayStation with the Move, a lot of people were kind of over the uh, motion controls. And on top of that, I think HD took off way faster than Nintendo planned on. And so you look at something like 
you're playing something like Gears of War or, you know, Halo or, you know, even something that Uncharted or something. And you look at that and you're going back to play like Wii Sports and and, you know, Zelda, which don't get me wrong. Twilight Princess looks great on the Wii, but like. I mean, (laughs) you look at an HD game versus a standard definition game and it's like, well, this is a this is a game changer. Right. And so I. I think for the first time, Nintendo's gimmick or change of pace is not a fad. I think people love this. I think Nintendo's always looking to differentiate themselves. And I think this is just enough of a quote unquote gimmick mm-hmm. to differentiate themselves, but just enough of the same thing that it it is still relevant with the other consoles. Granted, power wise, sure. Right. But like, look at the Steam Deck, look at the ROG Ally. I mean, those are powerful handhelds that are using modern technology and something that you can probably see in the next console. Right. I mean, a couple of people have already said that the next Nintendo console will be on par with the PS4 or, you know, and that's that's pretty powerful for what Nintendo needs. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. I think you know what Nintendo wants to wants to do with their IP. I think that power is sufficient enough um, to do something interesting or more fully realized, you know, like I said, Oh my gosh, that was so scary. No. One of, one of my kids toys just went off in the toy room and I'm like, what is that? <laughs> oh, I didn't hear nothing. Um, what was that? Oh, so, yeah, I, I think as much as I love Tears of the Kingdom and Breath of the Wild, man, and, and I've said this a hundred times on a previous podcasts, so just ignore me if you have heard it already, but like a Zelda game that looks like Horizon or even that tech demo that they showed off on the Wii U, mm-hmm. I just like, given that power, oh my gosh, what a game they could make. What a game they could make. And like, I was thinking... I, so I've been obviously playing Tears of the Kingdom. I'm almost done with the main quest. Um, and so what I want to what I want to do is like beat the main quest and then then I can go do the things that I love about that game. But like what I would really love to see them do. And, and we're going to talk about this on an upcoming Nintendo Power Block. We're going to have a guest on to talk about this. It's probably already out by the time you hear this. But, you know, people are kind of throwing around which art styles do you want to come back? Right. Mm-hmm. And the two most popular ones right now are Wind Waker or Twilight Princess. You're either a Wind Waker person or like a stylized, quote unquote, more realistic, whatever you want to call it, uh, uh, Twilight Princess person. And um, man, if they can make like a what I would really like, I like the concept of like, OK, here's the sky. I like the verticality of Tears of the Kingdom. Yeah, the world is too big, man. It is too big. I would like a really dense, smaller Hyrule, but really dense, like a lot of caves and caverns and dungeons and shrines and stuff like that in like a smaller space. And but just Mm -hmm. like full of life, you know, like cities and bustling towns. And like, I want to go to Lon Lon Ranch and like, it's not just, you know, the three people that work there already. I want I want like a whole stable full of people. I want like 30 people working the stable. I want horses mm. lined up. I want, you know, 
these kinds of things and you can go into all the little taverns or the 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 buildings and kind of really dig deep. I want something super dense, right? And I think if they stay on this track and they keep uh in this power level that they're supposedly jumping to, I think they can do a lot of interesting things. I think this I know Nintendo like they're always designing around the limitations of the hardware and they want to keep things cheap and everything. Mm-hmm. I think I I really think that they uh, they're too restricted on the switch now, right? They're too restricted and I would really want to see that power open up and do something interesting. Well, I don't think they're restricted. Um, totally due restricted. To the f- due to the fact no, you see Pokemon, but that's that's with the Pokemon company. That's not with Nintendo themselves. You know, I mean, I I I think it's because Nintendo is is the company that freely dives into different art styles. You know, um, of course we we haven't got a Kirby game that is claymation anymore, but it has been done. I mean, we got Yoshi's Woody World or Crafter World uh, with everything that they do with that. Uh, but I think Nintendo just sometimes have a style. You know, Fire Emblem Engage has more of an anime style than um, Fire Emblem uh, Three Houses. Even though it has a more anime style, the color palette of Three Houses is very different than what Engage looks like. Mm-hmm. And you know, um, if we look at some of the upcoming games, Super Mario Wonder, uh, like that, that's going to be like breathtaking just to, to even look at. And like, like I said on the Nintendo the Direct recap that we did, just all the little animations and everything. And I, everybody heard this kind of discussion that me and Corey had before. So when we get into power. And everything, it's to me personally. I think when it comes to different art styles and everything, Nintendo is not restricted. So I think even if they get more power, they're going to put they they probably am going to put in a lot of more detail and stuff. You know, you got to Splatoon is really um have this pop look to it. And everything with this color, with this coloring palette, and it looks really fun, and it looks cool. It looks cool. It looks, you know, like it's ink and everything. Um, so to see how Splatoon Four would look on next gen, it's gonna be like very interesting to see. So to see what Nintendo has planned for their next gen system, um, power wise, will that continue to help them be dominant? Probably so. I mean, they're the ones that skin past a million or past even 500,000 copies of a game sold, first party wise. You cannot deny that Switches, I would say 80% of their library is past 1 million. That's no, I, a lot 80%? of 80%? Do you know how much junk is on that console? I mean, I'm just talking about first party though. Oh, I think they, every I think every Nintendo first party game is cracked a million easy. That's that's not even up for debate. No question. Um, probably most of them have probably passed two million at least. But I think 
I would say some of them probably passed 500. We don't know everybody wants to switch. I don't even know who picked that game up. I forgot that game even came out. Dude, there are so many people um, that uh, that don't play games who pick that game up and like love mm-hmm. that game. Oh my gosh, I'm like embarrassed that people really I, like that game. I, I didn't pre-order that game. I didn't like look forward to it or anything because um, I don't even got one to switch. But all like, right, here, here's here's okay. I, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I uh, I pulled up a list. Every, this is this is as of May twenty second. Um, every first party Nintendo game that has sold over a million copies. Um, so Mario Kart Eight Deluxe. Do you want me to tell you how how many they've sold? No, nope, just the just the games. Okay. Well, anyways, this is an impressive number. Anyway, uh, Mario Kart Eight has sold fifty four million copies. <laughs> Animal Crossing uh, sold 42 million copies. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Super Smash Brothers, Breath of the Wild, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Mario Odyssey, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, Mario pa- Super Mario Party, New Super Mario Brothers U, Ring Fit Adventure, Pokemon Let's Go, Pokemon Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl, there's six pages of this. Uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Splatoon 2, Luigi's Mansion 3, Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury, Splatoon 3, Mario Party Superstars, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, yeah, Tears of the Kingdom, they, they just like they may oh, yeah, hit 20 they're about million. 20, they're about at 20 million. And what are they at? 18 million. Um, 18 million. Nintendo Switch Sports, Mario 3D All Stars. No, before I'm going. Hold on, hold on, we, hold on, hold yeah. on. Before you go on, is Tears of the Kingdom the only one that sold 10 million in three days? That's the only one, right, on Switch? Uh, Pokemon did. Okay. Um, Mario Maker 2, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, uh, Link's Awakening, page three. Mario Tennis Aces, Clubhouse Games, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze. Only 4 million of Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze. Come on, guys. That game's amazing. Uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity. Skyward Sword. Kirby Star Allies. Fire Emblem Three Houses. 1-2 Switch. Paper Mario. Yoshi's Crafted World. Metroid Dread. New Pokemon Snap. Page 4. Arms. Mario Strikers. By the way, Arms has only sold has sold 2.6 million units for your information. And uh, Mario Strikers Battle League, Xenoblade Chronicles Two, good. Xenoblade Chronicles Two has only sold 2.4 million copies. That surprises me. Uh, Mario Golf, Pikmin Three, Octopath Traveler, first po- Nintendo published it on N- Switch. Remember, uh, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker. Only 2 million units for that? Come on, guys. That's like one of the best games on the console. Mario Plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, Miitopia, Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition, Page 5, <laughs> Fire Emblem Engage, Big Brain Academy, Mario Kart Live Home Circuit has sold 1.5 million units. Um, Pokemon... Uh, or Pocket Tournament DX, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, 
Only 1.5 million. That surprises me. I feel like that game would have been higher. Should have been higher. Uh, Kirby's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Uh, Nintendo Labo uh, ToyCon 1 Variety Kit. Astral Chain. WarioWare Get It Together. Brain Training for Nintendo Switch. Metroid Prime Remastered. Only 1.9 or 1.9. Zero nine million for Metroid Prime. That's you know. I thought it was. I thought it hit three million for Prime. Um, was that Dread? Was Dread? I think Dread was at five point four. I think is what it said. Um, Bayonetta three is at one point oh seven. Kind of shocked it's that high. Game Builder Garage. Bayonetta two. Fire Emblem Warriors three. Uh, three Hopes is at one million. Fitness Boxing. Fitness Boxing 2, Shin Megami Tensei 5. Remember, Nintendo published that on Switch. Mm -hmm. That is 66 first-party games have sold over 1 million units, and most of them are in the double digits. I would say at least half of them are in the double-digit millions. Mm, I wonder wonder what is the total first-party that they have. I I don't know. I mean, but I can't believe Nintendo has 66 first-party games. How many Nintendo... Shoot. Nintendo first-party games are on Switch? Because I know Pikmin 4 is at the end of the, uh, the 21st. Mm. It's like in... Uh, yeah. Some more weeks, um, no, next week at the time this recording, I forgot. Nintendo Switch games. So this is riveting podcasting. I'm sorry, everybody. Um, I don't. I can't find like a Nintendo games. Because there are seventy, there are seventy nine first party games on the Nintendo Switch. Jesus, sixty six of it. 79 66 of 79 that's, that's not bad no and you got to remember stuff like stuff like uh moving out and uh super the dc superhero girls game mm-hmm. the uh cadence of hyrule is one uh good job good was job. one um box boy know. and bus girl Yep, Box Boy and Box Girl are one. Sushi Strikers was one. Remember, it mm-hmm. was at launch. Snipper Clips was one. Yes. Uh, which Snipper Clips not selling a million units, guys. Come on, what are you doing? What are you doing? Seriously. Game's amazing. Yes. Uh, you know, that there's so many unique experiences. Go Vacation was one. Uh, I'm just trying to look for things that look obscure and not on any list. Uh so you know, uh, there's there's just there's just so many man. There are so many Nintendo first party games that are just like <laughs> I don't know, man. That's a that's the Nintendo bump for you. That's that's Nintendo's uh, you know, that's the that's the, uh, No More Heroes three was published by Nintendo on the Switch. Um, oh so, really? Yeah, that's shocking. According to Nintendo's website. So I thought I thought Marvel just uh published it. Oh, interesting. I think they did the physical. Ah, uh, okay. 
I mean, yeah, 66 out of 79 games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I said, about 80%. Yeah. Kind of. <clears throat> it's so crazy, man. This this console is just, I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, it may, and I think that's why if, if their next-gen system, I don't think their next-gen system is going to be a flop. I think it's going to continue that dominance. Um, and we're going to see a lot of, like, maybe sequels to some of the games that came out on Switch. Um, who knows? Like, it it's a possibility that we're going to get some really good games. And I think, just, I think thinking of, when I say dominance, you know, kind of over Microsoft and PlayStation, it's more that when it comes to a direct and the reactions and, you know, people talking more about the games and showing pictures often and everything, I think it's so much of it because it is Nintendo. And I think a lot of people have been enjoying their products leads to that dominance. Yeah. And everything, you know, um, like, and I'm not trying to knock Sony or Square, even Square Enix with Final Fantasy 16. Like, that is running things. But, you know, Microsoft is going to have, I think, a Starfield is successful as it, you know, people are hoping. That's going to have a good run. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and it's, and if you think about it, just the errors of dom, uh, sy- uh, systems dominant. And everything, you know, just going back to Xbox 360. Xbox 360 dominated. Then PlayStation 4 dominated. Now it's like Nintendo's turn dominating with the Switch mm-hmm. and everything. Um, it's just it's interesting to see how you know Nintendo came from a place where online gaming and big triple A and first person shooters were the big thing and now that that stuff don't even don't even kind of and i'm sorry to say this don't even matter or even compare it to what nintendo's offer mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah i mean it's uh i mean but nintendo has to rely on themselves right because they don't get a lot of mm-hmm. i mean they've obviously gotten more third-party support this gen but traditionally they don't get a lot you know, especially of the caliber of of Xbox or PlayStation, right? I mean, they got they have to rely on themselves because of their hardware limitations. And mm-hmm. I think not. I mean, again, we've talked about this before, and I think this is the brilliance of merging their handheld line with their home console line. And what you know to tie it back around to Awada and the the ultimate goal here. They've been trying since really since super nintendo to connect their handhelds to their uh home consoles right like the super yeah. game boy or uh the game boy advance to gamecube thing or you know using your 3ds as a controller for stuff like monster hunter and smash brothers right like they've yeah. been trying to do this for so long that at the end of the day when you put them as the same console it just makes sense for Nintendo to do that. And I think that was the only way they were going to be able to compete, you know, and, and differentiate themselves and, and be everybody's quote unquote second system because, you know, somebody's going to buy an Xbox or a PlayStation as their quote unquote main system for the most part. 
and then the switch is their secondary system to play nintendo games and you know obviously indies took off on the switch this gen as well mm-hmm. and when you're everybody's second console you sell double of what the other consoles sell you know theoretically if they're on an if the xbox and playstation are on an even playing field and you that's why the switch has sold almost 130 million units in uh you know the six years it's been on the market right and i think when their next gen console because i I, now i'm thinking about it Corey. because i um I, I know they've been talking about now games are going to be close to a three to five year cycle um, before it gets released, kind of mm-hmm. like on Xbox and PlayStation. Well, it's kind of been I, that way already for a, a long time. They're just finally admitting that it's taking that long, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I mean. Well, I think that, well, the thing is, if that is going to be kind of becoming a standard, if Nintendo is putting out a lot of product, a lot of titles, I think that's really going to put Microsoft and Sony into like they're going to have problems. Well, that's why I mean, but that's why Microsoft is acquiring these studios to try to get a you know. Even though they're a little behind on that schedule, theoretically, they've purchased these studios to get ahead of that so they can release a game every quarter. So you're not waiting on a game every, you know, a year or two for a game from from some people. And even studios like, I mean, you look at Obsidian, they've put out four games. They've put out three games on the on the Xbox with four and five on the way. Right. I mean, Mm they they've been they've been pumping these games out and it's because they're a big studio they have a microsoft budget and they've been able to make the outer worlds and uh grounded and pentiment and now avowed and the outer worlds 2 are coming you know with the rumor of some sort of third rpgs sort of thing on the way because Mm -hmm. they have teams freed up from from pentiment and grounded and yeah those are small teams but like you can shift people around and you know reassess and everything right like I don't know how game dev works, but I do know how team management works. So it's something like that. And then you have, you know, playground staffing up so they can do fable and uh, Forza horizon, which right. I assume will be six sometime in the next two years. Uh, you have, <clears throat> you know, obviously Bethesda game studios is one massive team. Uh, but they could theoretically split into two teams to work on Elder Scrolls six and Fallout, what five? I guess it would be. Uh, you could theoretically do something like that. Arcane has two studios and three teams, really, right? And mm-hmm. so, I think I think what you have you have to start doing is, and I think Sony is going to have a bigger issue with this just based on how big Microsoft is in general. Now, granted you know, funding the Xbox division is something totally different. And right now they're going through another round of layoffs, but theoretically Sony would have a harder time funding multiple teams at each studio because they just don't have the money that Microsoft has. Um, But I think you already see it in terms of like, okay, Sony San Diego is a pretty big team. They have, you know, two te- two teams, right? The MLB, the show team, and the other team is theoretically working on Uncharted. Uh, it's like the worst kept secret in all of video games. 
Insomniac has two studios and probably three or four teams, right? I mean, Ratchet and Clank, mm-hmm. Spider-Man, you know, I mean, they've been pumping out games for PlayStation as well, right? I mean, you got yeah. Spider-Man, you got Ratchet and Clank, you got Wolverine on the way. Um, so, you know, four games in two or in like four years, you know, theoretically. Um, so you have teams, you have studios with multiple teams, Sony Santa Monica, right? The God of War team and then you know, Corey Barlog is heading up a new project. So, you know, you, I think you have to start looking at these studios and you're going to start managing two teams within the studio and then have, you know, your artists and your and your people kind of move between teams, depending on which game is, you know, up next. Uh, I think you're also going to start watching these budgets and making sure they're not ballooning, especially Sony. Right, because they just don't have the they can't they can't <clears throat> you know burn up the cash the way that Microsoft can again, right, and right. so they have to be more efficient and uh I think that's where for so long, Nintendo has really benefited right because they not, and i this is gonna sound negative, but it's not meant to it's just the production values and the production in terms of motion capture, cinematics, graphics, textures, that type of thing that takes, you know, Microsoft and Sony so long on some of these games, right? I mean, you look at Horizon, mm-hmm. how long you, I mean, that game took, I, I can't believe they got a sequel out in four years, right? I mean, that game looks incredible, yes. uh, four and a half-ish. Because it's their engine that they build, and mm-hmm. so they know how to use it. Yeah, but I mean, you just look at the the landscape and the and the and the um, you know, just the detail that goes into the robots and uh, Aloy. How I mean, that's the best looking character model I've ever seen ever in the video game. Um, but then you look at something like Zelda, right? And they don't like the that level of detail and production isn't there, and that's due to you know their technical limitation that's due to mm-hmm. the art style they chose because of the technical limitation tears of the kingdom probably saved the money because they use a lot of the same animations right um you know and and i think nintendo works more efficiently than everybody else and you know for better or for worse in a lot of cases and you know they they do with what they have and their budgets are lower their sales numbers are through the roof right and so i think something ridiculous came out where like <clears throat> nintendo had something like 8 billion dollars in cash and something like their company is worth like 68 billion dollars or something in assets or something yeah i, I know it was, i thought it was tim like almost like tim again yeah. that that might it, it might have changed now. Uh, the Tim, the Tim again, everybody is for like if, in case of anything happens with Nintendo, like they go out of business, they have money to restart up, you know, to start back up. And yeah, I, and that I saw, and it's probably grown. I saw this. I saw this article. Where is this article? Um, I mean, this is this is old. These are old. I wish I could find it. I don't I don't and, remember, and but I, Nintendo Nintendo is like so cash rich because of uh here it is. Okay. This is <clears throat> Nintendo's current assets for 2023. Uh the company is worth 
17.127 billion dollars in they in in assets and they have 8 billion dollars in cash on hand which is <laughs> ridiculous so much right. money oh my gosh it's so much money um and, and, and that's that, i mean that's due to the, the point though like they they know how to manage their teams they know how to manage their budgets and their mm-hmm. assets and their ip and you know they've we talked about it a little bit on a, on a previous expansion pass but they know how to manage let's put out a new game let's put out a remaster let's put out a, re, a re-release from wii u or wii or gamecube let's <clears throat> you know uh, put out something that a second party team has worked on. So they have that content churning constantly. And I think that's worked mm-hmm. to their benefit this time. And again, that has to do with focusing on one console instead of two that comes with the vision of Iwata and what they wanted the switch to be. And it's like a culmination of the, you know, the GameCube, the Wii and the Wii U all in one. Uh, their online services is, is you know, in terms of their classic games is great. They've been selling accessories, which is like, you know, I mean, it costs probably like $8 for them to make one of those joy cons, you know, and they're mm-hmm. selling them for 40 bucks a pop. Right. So it's just incredible what they've been able to do and what and, and I, Sony and Microsoft seem to not be able to do. And I think it's, it's def, And I feel like when their next gen console comes, they're going to continue to, of course, work with Platinum, but I know go Kobe Tecmo, probably way forward and the Mercury Steam that if anything happened to Mercury Steam, I, I still feel like Nintendo will buy them. Um, I, I really feel like when their next gen console comes, they're going to, they're, they're going to have to work with more probably Japanese developers. I, like I said, I really wish that Insomniac wasn't uh wasn't brought. I really wish Ninja Theory wasn't brought because I'm like to make a game with Nintendo and everything. But now thinking about it, I'm like I think Nintendo wouldn't work with Insomniac because of their platform games. I think there's a respect level of each, but I don't think Nintendo wants to share their secrets with Insomniac on how to make a platformer game and vice versa it's yeah tough. you know yeah. ninja ninja theory because of their strong relationship with platinum games it wouldn't it wouldn't feel right with them not go not, not and this is not much so much a loyalty thing but i don't think nintendo would be like what what can we give you guys that will bring us something that you're really to that, that is in your realm house like you said with the cash that they have and their worth and how they do things you know nintendo is not that company for cinematic big games and ninja theory has been into cinematics ever since heavenly sword you know they've been that way so to make something for them like yeah i know i joked and said project hammer would be a nice game that that they would do, but like Ninja Theory, they want they have a different philosophy on how they make their games and everything. I, I right now, like I think when they get to their next gen system, they're gonna have to reach out to Capcom. Like at this point in time, you have no choice but to reach out to Capcom to be like, hey, 
can you make something for us? I mean, and I think they could reach out to Square Enix, but that really depends on what happens next. And I and I think Nintendo relationship with Sega is more like okay, we on the publishing side things of us all coming together to make a game with platinum, yes. Um, something with Atlas, yes, we could do that. But I don't think they're going to go directly to Sega and be like, we need you to make a game for us. Yes. Surprising Nintendo, Sega did Mario versus Sonic at the Olympics. Who would have ever thought that would happen? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously when Sega got out of the the console market, Nintendo and Sega kind of became a little bit friendlier. Right. I mean, (laughs) let's be honest. Uh, But to kind of wrap this all back around, like, I think, I think, I think Nintendo's in a good spot. They have a great relationship with Japanese publishers and developers. Mm -hmm. Um, They've gotten some pretty decent support from Western, you know, third parties. Like, obviously, Bethesda has been super supportive and uh, Activision's been really supportive and Ubisoft has been, uh, you know, they, I mean, they developed Mario plus Rabbids, which was the big surprise of the of the launch year. And Assassin's Creed has made it over in various shapes. And uh, mm-hmm. obviously the Witcher somehow uh, is on there. So, I mean, and, and Nintendo's gotten a pretty decent uh, chunk of third party, which is nice. Yeah, I, I think the. If they're going to go to a Western third party, like once again, I think. I think Nintendo and Microsoft got something for next gen. Yeah. That's going to be the one to see. And I, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about the Activision deal or anything. I just really feel that I think Microsoft and Nintendo got something big going on. Um, yeah. I, I, I kind of would love to see Microsoft make an original IP for Nintendo and see how that turns out. Well, they're not going to, so we're not going to have that discussion because they're not going to. But I, I do, I do think, I do think, I do think we'll start seeing Xbox Game Studios on Switch in some capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think something like Grounded might actually be pretty neat on Switch or Pentiment or Psychonauts, even at some point or. Uh, what else is the smaller games? Are there? There's, uh, you know, I, they're not I think doing the RE three, right? I, I that's, no, there's most studios. Well, there's rumors that RE three is in development, but Moon's not making it. Um, so they're doing they, a different game. They yeah. could, yeah. Moon's working on a new IP. Uh, also, the the big issue too with with Microsoft right now is that like a lot of games are starting to skip xbox in favor of netflix's gaming the subscription which is weird i guess uh yeah there was there's some game that just, i think that just came out that was on uh oxen free too mm. yeah and uh it's because netflix is competing with game pass and i think you're going to start seeing more of that um you know, I think there's a rumor that Netflix or that Amazon wants to take Luna a little bit more seriously, but who knows? Who knows what that even means at this point? If they uh, don't take Tomb Raider serious, I'm gonna be upset. 
Yeah, but I mean, Crystal Dynamics is working on that. I think I think they understand. I think they understand that Crystal Dynamics knows how to make Tomb Raider games, and mm-hmm. um, although I would also bet that <laughs> at some point, uh, Embracer sells those studios because they make great games, but they don't sell that great. I mean, Tomb Raider does, but outside of Tomb Raider, like Deus Ex doesn't really sell great. Thief didn't sell great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy didn't sell great. Avengers was kind of bad. So out of all their big studios, I could see them selling off those two. And I mean, honestly, I think Microsoft should try to pick them up if they can, uh, because uh, they're working Chris- with it. They're working with them anyway. Like, for Crystal uh, Dynamics, yeah, I, I will. I, will. I mean, Crystal's mm-hmm. basically taken over the entirety of Perfect Dark. So, uh, and then IDOS is helping someone work on a project, but I'm not 100 percent sure who they're helping. I don't remember which. The initiative was supposed to be working on Perfect Dark, but Perfect Dark. that's like 70. They've lost like 70 percent of that studio since they got hired. So. And what Who happened knows? to three four three studios? I mean, they got Didn't gutted. They lose people too. They got gutted, and I, they only like forty percent of the staff is there, and they're re- rebuilding the studio essentially from the ground up. And uh, the internal studio is working on a new Halo game, while Certain Affinity is supposedly taking over the multiplayer at some point. So, That's of Halo Infinite, interesting. Yeah, so I mean, that's neat. Um, <laughs> In the coalition is doing I, I think the coalition is kind of doing what uh monolith soft is doing which i didn't believe i really felt like to let everybody know monolith soft announced xenoblade chronicles 3 even though they were supposed to be working on their next new ip mm-hmm. i thought their next new ip would be announced before xenoblade chronicles 3 uh i think that was around the time they did the um the Smash Ultimate uh, DLC characters, like they announced from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So I'm thinking their next game, because I, I really thought that Xenoblade Chronicles 3 would probably be their last or on their next-gen system, because they were working on their new one. Mm-hmm. Um, But I'm just, but when we got to talking, you know, with them finishing Zero uh, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, while working with the Zelda team and then probably going back to the Zelda team to polish a lot of that up. Now that Tears of the Kingdom is done, I think maybe two of the teams are probably already working on their new IP. And that's the possibility of a next-gen game that I would be surprised. Um, and definitely with their future uh, the DLC that came out. And then with uh, the Coalition... They announced that they were working on their new IP, but everybody's hinting that they're working on Gear 6. Um, allegedly, uh, the coalition hasn't confirmed it or anything. Uh, so that's well, a I mean, I, I think they it's kind of been said without them saying it, right? I mean, I think they said it's all hands on deck for Gear 6 because their other game was canceled at some point, and uh, you know. So the other game had been officially canceled or just shelved. I I don't I don't know either way. They didn't say either way. Also, the the Microsoft layoffs affected the coalition at some point too. So they kind of shifted their team to gears. Um, okay. 
you know, it's one of those. I don't that's know. That's going to be, that's good. Mm, that's going to be interesting to see. Um, yeah. And everything. Uh, and I, of course, we got Metro Prime 4 with Retro. I would literally be shocked if the people that laid got laid off at some of the Microsoft companies actually got hired by Nintendo and went the Retro. Mm-hmm. Like, what could Retro literally do? They need with... to stop hiring people and start making a game. I know gaming <laughs> I know game development doesn't work like that but seriously I saw another thing that they were hiring people I'm like come on I just want to know what you're doing I just want to but, know what you're doing <laughs> but think, man but think about it 343 Studios the coalition um mm-hmm. some of those people joining retro to make their first next-gen Nintendo game. Original IP. I don't... I mean, I don't know how many people that work at those types of studios really care about making a Nintendo game the way that Mm -hmm. indie developers seem to at some point, right? I mean, it's... uh, We're getting to the point where the next generation of game developers may or may not have grown up on Nintendo, right? Some of them may have grown up playing Angry Birds on a smartphone or, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, their Nintendo console could have been the Wii and, like, they moved on a PS3 or 360, right? I mean, we're moving into that realm now where, like, it's not as novel to create a Nintendo game as it was when Shovel Knight came out or uh, something like that, like, when WiiWare was around or, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's just, it's not that novel anymore, especially when there's, like, thousands of crap that gets put out on the eShop every every day you know i mean it's just yeah when i mean when there's a great one and it's recognized for being on nintendo yeah that's that's awesome and there's a lot of people out there that still think nintendo making a game on nintendo is incredible but now there's also the people who grew up on the original xbox and put an indie game out on xbox series x and like i made an xbox game or you know playstation the same thing or you know it's it's just we're getting to that point now. Well, yeah, and I think it's to me just having that thought. You know, you you getting you just saying that you want something Horizon style. Of course, that's accompanying a, a to a Zelda that you would love to have. I'm just thinking from a U.S. perspective that if Nintendo wants to have more of a U.S. present when it comes presence. When it comes to their games, three four three studio and the coalition, regardless of how you see them or anything, those are two big independent, not independent. Those are two big companies from Microsoft. Mm-hmm. I mean, and and two, yeah, you had all this freedom, this big game. Now you kind of got to like downsize. But I'm just like, what if? the ideas bounce off and Nintendo's like, oh yeah, that's what we want. We want ideas like you guys. Go ahead and make the game. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and like, it don't have to be a Call of Duty killer or anything, but I'm like, maybe it is a new shooter or something. A new, I won't say Metroid, but, but just something new that really speaks retro. Mm-hmm. You know, retro studios, because like, man, if if folks would have left Bioware and kind of went to Nintendo, I would be surprised. I think I'm just thinking, like, 
I, I want to twirl in the air with their next gen system. No, I think it's, you just want everybody just to make. Me. I think you want everybody to leave their studios and make Nintendo games. That's all. I, <laughs> that's what I'm well, hearing. Well, the, the, I'm just talking about the people who got laid off and stuff and everything. But if they want to make, if they want to go ahead, I, I definitely, I think when they get into starting their own studios and everything, and they're kind of more independent and having like 505 publishing and stuff like that, I would yeah. be interested to see what they, what they have in everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. And Konami, uh, uh, I, I need y'all to be talking to Nintendo for the next year system too. I, I need some things from y'all. And I need to update those I see, so we could then one or two. Where the heck that announcement is at? Also, what happened to that one game? I thought it was supposed to be out this year for a Series X. From the creators of Suica then. I need to look that up. I don't know. So, I don't know. But, uh, I mean, it feels like that that one's been kind of delayed for a while. So I don't know. Because I remember both of those games was like Game Pass games. So, oh, plus we need a new Tetris. Tetris oh my gosh! Too. Get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, continue to rest in peace, Satoru Iwata. Um, I think we had a good discussion. Yeah, it was all right. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I'm trying to close it. I'm trying to be... Uh, Everybody, thank you for listening to Nintendo Power Block. I have been your host, Eddie V. That's Corey Derrick. I'm here. Everybody, have a great week. Have a great weekend. And we'll see you next time on Nintendo Power Block. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Nintendo Expression Pass. Goodness. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Bye, everybody. If you want to be a Patreon producer, head on over to Patreon, patreon.com slash Media, and find out which tier is right for you. Our Patreon producers at the $5 tier or higher for this month are Adriel Munger, Austin Campbell, Celeste Roberts, Christian S., Sana Dierig, Francisco Santillan, and Rebecca Jewell. Thank you for your continued support. Nintendo Expansion Pass is part of Nintendo Power Block and is a product of Boss Rush Media LLC. The show is recorded from our headquarters in Akron, Ohio, and is hosted by me, Edward Varnell. My co-host is Corey Deerit. You can find Corey at I am Corey in HD on Twitter and Instagram, as well as hosting the Boss Rush Podcast and Tower Casuals, the Destiny Podcast. Follow Expression Pass as part of Nintendo Powerblock and on all social media platforms at Powerblock Podcast. You can also follow Boss Rush Media and Boss Rush Network on all major social media platforms. Join the Boss Rush Network Discord and Facebook groups to interact with other friends and fans. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.